on America Can We Talk, a talk about election integrity, border security, health care freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgianos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgianos. Today in our show, uh, we're going to talk about July 4th, 2026, which will be the 250th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, uh, Trump and RFK as a ticket. I want to talk about that. Um, election corruption. You can't believe what they're doing in Georgia. And finally, Biden corruption clear, but does it matter? I'll tell you, of course, why these stories matter to you. Uh, but I want to start on July 4th. Um, so next week is July 4th of this year, 2023, and it falls on a Tuesday. And so our studio is closed um, on Tuesday. So this is kind of my last um, show by myself with no guest to talk about July 4th. And it's my favorite holiday. And so I really wanted to spend some time on it today. Um, and especially because tomorrow we have, oh, we have a great guest tomorrow. We have joining us in the studio, Victor Avila, who is an extraordinary border expert. Uh, he's an author of a great book describing his experience uh, at serving America um, under the Department of Homeland Security uh, as a border agent. Uh, he was the one who was under attack uh, by one of the Mexican cartels and literally uh, shot numerous times. His partner was killed by one of the Mexican cartels. So he has a great book, great border uh, information. And he's also recently returned from Israel. But the most important thing at this time is he's running for Congress. So he's joining us tomorrow in studio. He's been on the show several times. He's a great, just a great guy, a great family guy, a great uh, patriot. So uh, do plan to tune in tomorrow. But back to this July 4th thing. Um, I, I may play this more than once during the show, but I was thinking how in just in 2026, so just in three years, or which will also be during the midst of the next presidential term, the new pres the presidential election will happen end of 2024. We have the new president in place in 2025. Uh, so President Trump has been talking about this on the campaign trail. And I'm going to play in just a few minutes what he had to say, but it really occurred to me, and what I'm going to try to run through today has to do with, you know, the kind of I often use the expression what time it is in America, but what's, what's happening in America, what's happening to our country, and, uh, and what we should be doing about it. And, you know, I, as I sit down every day to prepare for this show, which is like the most fun a person could possibly have, I mean, I, I, am, I do want to be clear about that. I think this show, I, I just thoroughly enjoy doing it. I, I don't make any money doing it, to be really clear, but I do enjoy doing it because it's really, it, it's my part of my call, my, you know, answering the call of patriotism um, and of standing up for America. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. And every morning um, I get up super, super early. And then my husband uh, and I uh, spend some time in the morning together. 
and we actually do a little Bible study thing, and then we talk about uh, the show for the day. We run through the stories, and you know what's biggest in the news, and he scans certain sources, and I do. We talk them through. You know, he really is my ally in doing this show. And so I get on the, this morning. I'm scanning the news, and you know, you can I can obviously dive into so many topics I could have talked about today. You know, uh, latest news on COVID, on the Biden corruption, on the Department of Justice. I mean, there are just endless extremely consequential stories, including China now uh, being very aggressive in its development of um, their own military installations in Cuba, next door to Florida, just endless stories. But what kind of gelled, uh, gelled today after trying to think through uh, what to talk about in the show is the idea to talk about why celebrating July 4th is so important and then what we really should target as a nation, what we as a nation should do as we look forward to the 250th anniversary of America's founding of the Declaration of Independence, uh, which was July 4th, 1776. And so it's just a huge thing for a country to have a 250th anniversary. And I, you know, uh, Trump has called for having a year-long celebration, which I'm all in favor of, but I think it should be deeper than that. I think the American people, the patriots who understand where we are today, the threats to the basic promises of America's founding, uh, the people who understand how far uh, anti-Americanism has embedded itself in our culture, our society, our government, our institutions, our media, how deeply anti-Americanism has, has worked its way into America's culture and, and real fabric of our society, we should be part, we should be looking for and talking about ways to honor America's 250th birthday uh, and on July 4th, 2026, a bigger perspective of reminding ourselves what America is, why it is unique and extraordinary and exceptional. One way we do it in our family, I wanted to share with you, and I may have told you about this last year, but uh, several years ago, my husband and I were invited to a uh, really unique gathering. Uh, they called it a July 4th Seder. And so these people who hosted it are, are Jewish, obviously. They, they host, Seder is a, a Jewish um, tradition, Jew, Jewish uh, practice. And so, and these people were very, very prominent people in a national organization uh, of conservative Jewish Americans. So anyway, they had a, Jew, uh, a, a July 4th Seder. They invited people over. They had the meal and they followed the uh, rituals of a Seder, but they had readings. And the readings uh, were at every person's plate. And so as they went around, you just read whatever you were assigned to read. And so they had some things that had been assigned to people who are Jewish and were reading the Jewish um, scriptures. There, these people are fully aware we are Christian and, and you know, real, just completely um, you know, loving. And it, it was a wonderful uh, gathering. But the other things they had in the readings were things from the founding of America. It wasn't just reading the Declaration of Independence, although there were uh, segments or there were some pieces pulled out of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, other things they had in there were just, you know, letters that, that made their way into the Federalist Papers, letters that were written by John Adams to his wife, and just a whole uh, slew of patriotic writings. But they mostly were, they were deeply about the idea of what is it we're forming and creating in, in this country? What do we mean by creating and forming a new country called United States of America? So uh, that was a really wonderful, very, very special evening. And I can't remember how long, it was quite a while ago. In any case, my husband and I got home and the more we thought, we thought, oh, I want to do that. We didn't do the Seder part because uh, we don't, you know, we, we don't do a Seder at our home because we are Christian, but we, we love, we actually have attended Seder at the homes of other Jewish friends. And I, I love that. But what we made as part of our celebration was 
my husband pulled together mostly. I had a, this much tiny bit of input um, because really, because I was really busy with my show and he had a little time to dedicate to this. We created a, a bunch of readings that you can do uh, and they are pulled from the Declaration, the Federalist Papers, uh, letters written by the early founders as they're writing back and forth, contemplating um, you know, what they should cover, what these things, what should be in our Declaration. And, and so we put together a bunch of readings, and so we have people over on our, uh, to our house on July 3rd, and they, you know, we have barbecue or something very July 4th-ish, and then we have the readings, and we go around, and you, and we have a system, it doesn't matter how you do it, but in any case, everybody reads, it ends up being like a three or four segments of this thing. It's just a really neat way to honor um, July 4th in a way that is more than just fireworks, which I love fireworks, but this is, but this is a, like a serious contemplation thing. So. Uh, you know, this is that you know, there's that funny line people say don't try this at home Well, you could try this at home if it interests you at all or even just reading the Declaration of Independence with your family You know your family especially your kids or grandkids, you know reading what the founders What was the whole point of the founding of America? It's a great time to celebrate it uh, uh, to really dive in uh, you know kind of um, politically and and just in more depth of what the meaning of America is so moving forward to where, where we are now in America, here in 2023, um, we have this 250th anniversary uh, of America coming up um, in a couple of years, and um, in three years, and we have, uh, a, you know, we're in the midst of a presidential campaign, and, um, and you know, people are just announcing there are people in the GOP side, I think it's actually like 12, I, I meant to count the other day, it's at least up to 12, I believe, People have declared they're running on the Republican side. Um, and then Biden, uh, he who occupies the White House, is running. Uh, and at least one other Democrat has announced, RFK, uh, the nephew of John F. Kennedy, he's announced he's running. So, you know, you have a, um, you know, you, you have a shaping up of at least some discussion uh, in the um, upcoming months uh, leading up to the primaries next year in March, and then um, obviously the, the election in the fall. So Trump had this thing where he said, uh, that he wants to have the entire year of 2026 be kind of a, you know, a, a celebration for the whole year of America. I have a quick clip by him, and then I want to tell you what I think we should do. But let's play his, we have the happy clip? Yeah, we do. Okay. I will bring back free speech in America. And finally, to restore pride in our history and confidence in our future, I will lead a massive year-long salute to America to celebrate the 250th anniversary. On July 4th, this was July 4th, 1776, okay? There are other dates you hear about, but this is the date that we recognize, 1776. And we're going to have a big celebration, and it's going to be a celebration like we really deserve in this country for everything we've gone through. With you at my side, we will give our nation's founding the amazing anniversary party that America needs and so richly deserves. Okay, so that was what he had to say. Um, and before, I'm going to talk a lot about uh, him, uh, Trump, what he's saying, and about um, what we're, um, you know, what I'm suggesting you do is to really honor the founding of America. Uh, before I do, I want to tell you a little bit about this show. My show is called America Can We Talk? Everything we do in this show is we put it out on our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, and it goes out on our Rumble channel 
and on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. It goes out in almost all the social media platforms there are. Um, and so people, and I actually, it's really fun. I, I get emails once in a while from people who watched a show from two years ago saying, hey, I can't believe you had so-and-so. I love him, love her. So people do go back and, and listen to it. But everything that we've done and the show has been, uh, well, the uh, from the very beginning, we are coming up on nine years, the summer of yeah, that is right. We're coming up on nine years, summer 2013. Anyway, I do this show uh, to speak up, um, excuse me, summer 2014, come up in nine years. Anyway, um, I do this show to celebrate America. And sometimes I say it so often that I, I say unique and extraordinary greatness. I want to make one quick point about the founding of America, why it's so unique, although there are many others. Um, but this one point, uh, because I think it's a good springboard for talking about why people say, why they're concerned today that we are losing America. And you hear people say that, you know, America's uh, is over. You hear many people say America's over. You know, all we're doing now is managing our decline. Uh, we're just managing the, the failure of our, of our experiment in human liberty. We're managing our decline, blah, blah, blah. You hear people say these kind of things. And I know why they say them. I really do understand. And I have felt that way myself. But I want to just say there's something about America's founding that I want to hone in on for just a moment uh, before I hit on um, the many ways in which America is under assault. But America's founding, the idea was, and you know, there, there are many things that are political philosophies. There are many things that are, you know, economic systems or political, you know, ideas or political systems. And so countries have, you know, like, like UK has a parliament and it has, you know, a bunch of political parties and uh, Israel has a Knesset and countries have all sorts of forms of government. And so forms of government are one thing. Um, and uh, even philosophies of government are, are a category. There are many competing philosophies of government. But the founding premise of America started with what I, what the founders thought, I think, and millions of other people recognize as a unique thing because it was founded on an eternal truth, a truth that transcends race, religion, ethnicity, skin color, transcends all of it, a universal truth, kind of like gravity. Gravity is just true no matter what you think about it. It just is true and because it's a fact. And people at the founding of America had the idea gel to them based on their readings, their ancient, their study of ancient scriptures, their study of uh, ancient writings, say the scriptures, the Bible, the Old New Testament, the idea that gelled is man, meaning men and women, individuals have rights from God, inalienable rights, you know, we're, that were founded on this idea. We're all equal. There's no royalty. There's no upper caste, lower caste. We're all equal and that we have rights from God. We have inalienable rights simply because we were born. Inalienable rights is a, is a fact like gravity. That is what they were trying to say, that, that we have God-given rights. And the point of America is we're going to admit that that's true. We're going to acknowledge we have God-given rights, and we're going to make the whole structure of our country around those God-given rights. That was the idea of America's founding. We're going to say, because we recognized, just like someone finally spelled out the law of gravity and explained it, but it's always been there, it's always been true. This truth has also always been true, that man, our very nature, because we have a creator, which is God, a creator, we have God-given rights, we have rights from our creator because we're born. 
It doesn't matter if any other country all throughout world history ever recognized that. It doesn't matter if no other country today recognizes that. It is an eternal truth. We have rights from God because we were born. And therefore, the point of the country was, we're going to build a structure of government around that premise, around that eternal truth. And then from that flows many, many other, you know, guarantees of what those rights are, spelling out the rights, uh, the, which include or has some, they carried out to the idea of you have the right to own property, you have the right to freedom of speech and assembly and religion, you have the right to fairness in the judicial system, you have a right to rule of law that is blind, applies equal. I mean, all those things flow from that initial recognition by the founders. And I say all that to say, this is why America is unique. And for many years, I don't know the exact number to say, 150 or more years, this notion was broadly understood in America. It was broadly taught. And the uniqueness of America's founding, the premise, the ideas behind it, what the Declaration says, Declaration of Independence says, what the Constitution says, what the Federalist Papers say, all of that was just presumed knowledge. Everyone knows that's what America is. Every kid learns this. And everyone knows that's what's true about America. Part of the battle we're in right now in this country, far more, far more important than policy battles uh, or tax rate battles or border uh, you know, policy or immigration policy, the larger issue that really is at, at stake in America is, do we understand unique, why America is unique and extraordinary and great? And do we still agree with ourselves? We have the backbone and the courage and the determination to hold on to that founding promise and keep America great like it was from the beginning. And it was those ideas equally blessed all, they apply to all, they are, they are inherent in everyone's nature as a person because you were born. That's why America is so unique and extraordinary and great. So, where we are in America today is, you know, it's funny, yesterday in the show I had on um, Michelle Tafoya, who was so much fun to talk to, by the way. It was a great interview. Michelle Tafoya was an NFL sideline reporter for many years, very prominent, very successful, you know, just, just really a rock star, won all sorts of Emmys. I mean, she really was an extraordinary, was extraordinary at her career. And she's uh, quit doing that. She doesn't, she finally doesn't do sports broadcasting anymore. She does a podcast, which I think is called the Michelle Tafoya podcast or Michelle Tafoya show. Anyway, she's wonderful. And one thing that gelled in our conversation yesterday was, this is one of these points I'm making now, is that we don't have in America rational political debate or conversation about topics. We don't say, should policy X, is it better than policy Y? Or should we have this policy about immigration? We have a fundamental difference as to whether or not the America of the founding is right and good and should be defended versus where the anti-American left lives politically in this country today, which is they do not believe in the idea of America as founded. They do not believe in inherent rights from God. They do not believe you have any inherent rights unless they tell you you have them. The whole concept of whether or not America is great and good is what is really the battle space right now. Because with the left, when they have a 1619 project, which was an effort of the profoundly anti-American New York Times, 1619 project, critical race theory, entirely dedicated to, driven to try to divide America 
permanently along the lines of race. There's nothing noble, there's nothing honest, there's nothing legitimate about either of those things, a critical race theory or a 1619 project. These are projects designed by leftists who are inherently determined to take away your freedom. It is what they do, it is what they live and breathe to do is to take away your freedom. That is the point of their existence. And so these theories they've come up with, and then they of course attack everything about America's founding, everything about America's history, everything about America's greatness. And so that's really the battle space we have right now. And so you either, you have to listen to politicians when they're making speeches to you and trying to say, I'm running for whether it's dog catcher, president, or anything in between. Do they understand what time it is in America? Do they understand that we are facing the proverbial existential threat, the threat from within to destroy this country? because that's what we're facing. The left does not believe in America as founded. They are not trying to in any degree to implement, support, promise, uphold, perpetuate the ideas of America's founding. They are trying to destroy them. The entire anti-American Biden administration, the entire anti-American Marxist left, the Marxist socialist communists pushing their garbage theories on America are, are placing America in their crosshairs, in their, they want to end America as founded. If you don't understand that, you should not be involved in politics at all. So the question is, for those of us who love America, how do we best preserve that precious country? What steps do we take? How do we get there? How do we get to preserving America? In just a moment, I'm going to turn to uh, what I said was my second topic, which was uh, Trump and RFK. But before I do that, I want to tell you how this show is possible. There is a great, great organization called Brighteon, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N, Brighteon.com. And this is an extraordinary group of Americans who came together to say they have Brighteon Radio. My show was on Brighteon Radio previously. It's now on Brighteon TV. You can go to Brighteon.com. I urge you to go to Brighteon.com, scroll through, see all the shows that are there. Mine is the best, but there are other good ones. No, there are actually many, many good ones. And when you go through, you'll see, you'll see voices like mine of people serious, substantive, you know, passionate about America. You'll see their shows listed. You can click on, you can watch their episodes. And Brighteon TV carries this show, carries this show at no charge to me which is an extraordinary thing because it helps spread this immensely, uh, spread a show like mine, it helps immensely. So on Brighton TV, they have, and I don't yet have it all set up, but they have uh, a, uh, a way they, they sell really great high quality products. And uh, I can tell you about them and you can sign up, get an account, and you can buy products from Brighton. That's one way to help uh, support this show and help support Brighton because they're very, they're, as you can tell, they're very generous and they are, they're driven for exactly the reasons I'm driven to do this show. They're driven to put the truth, the voice of truth out to the American people, which will never get there if you have to listen to propaganda media, which includes pretty much all media, um, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, sadly, even Fox. Uh, you know, we are at a point where we have very little truth in media. We have propaganda media pushing the left-wing narrative, the anti-American left-wing narrative, and then you have voices like mine speaking truth. So I urge you to go to Brighton. Okay, now I want to turn to Trump and RFK. So this is really interesting. So Trump's obviously running for uh, uh, pres the presidency, and um, RFK, who is the nephew of John F. Kennedy, the son of Bobby Kennedy, um, and he has, oh, in fact, oh, I had his book. Okay, I have it in my briefcase. It doesn't matter. 
So RFK um, is running uh, on the Democrat side for president. And, you know, Biden had kind of put out the edict. In fact, the whole Democrat National Committee put out the edict. Nobody runs. Nobody runs for president on the Democrat side. Biden wants in. Many, many people have thought that, I mean, anyone paying attention who is sentient listens to Biden for about 10 minutes and realizes that he's obviously suffering from some form of dementia. He's not mentally there. I have resisted the temptation to play one of those kind of, you know, favorite reels or reels where you put together, you know, a comedy of error level, forgets where he is, forget who he's, who he's talking to, forget what office he's running for. He recently gave a speech where twice he was trying to talk about Ukraine. He kept calling them Iraq. I mean, he just, you know, he's not, he's not there mentally. So many people thought, well, you know, they're going to pull him out somehow and they're going to stick in Michelle Obama. I have voiced that theory. I think it's, I think Michelle Obama to the Democrat mindset is the ace in the hole. She's just as Marxist as her husband as Barack Obama. She's just as Marxist as he is. And if they could stick her in, they think she would be an easy draw to the Democrat party. I've heard the theory voiced recently. In fact, RFK, I think is one who said it, you know, um, that the Democrats are gonna leave Joe Biden in. They're going to leave him in, even though he doesn't know where he is, what day it is, because he's the most easily controllable. Because if they leave him in, Barack Obama and the whole leftist Marxist cabal that's really running this country can continue really running this country because Biden isn't sentient enough to come up with an idea to fight with them, to disagree with them. He's just going to keep on playing the role. You know, they're the puppeteers. He goes up and says the words. So that is the theory RFK has. They'll leave Biden in because then Obama's still in charge. Other theory now gaining some ground is Gavin Newsom might run. Gavin Newsom, governor of California. And, you know, if he does become the candidate, we're going to spend a whole lot of time talking on this show about the condition, the state of affairs in California. My husband and I met in California. We met, we worked in a large corporate law firm together. I did litigation. He did business law. I mean, we lived in California for years. He grew up there. We know California. We knew California when it was actually a pretty sane place to live. It is uh, the major cities, San Francisco, LA, and now it's even happening in San Diego. I mean, homeless, you think you were living in a third world country when you drive down main streets in San Francisco, LA, and San Diego. I mean, tents and homeless people and vagrancy and crime. I mean, it is a disaster out there, all under Gavin Newsom. So we'll see if he really does run. Um, but in any case, so people have proposed to me uh, that we, that uh, in fact, good friends who are total conservatives have said, you know, to get us over the hump in the next election, we ought to have Trump run on the ticket with RFK. And they're calling it a unity ticket. And so this would be, you know, Trump running for president, RFK taking the vice presidential slot. Now, let me just say, I don't think either one of them is contemplating this, or I should say, Neither one of them is talking about this at this point. I think RFK is trying to make a serious run. I think he recognizes he's not going to win the nomination because the Democrat Party won't let him. Uh, but he's trying to get his points out. And his points are extraordinary. RFK has been home run on the danger of the vaccines. He has been screaming from the rooftops, wrote a book, which I brought with me, but it's in my briefcase over there. RFK, you know, he, uh, RFK wrote a book about Fauci, basically just saying this guy, uh, Fauci is, you know, 
okay, my words, evil on steroids. He's been fully aware that the vaccines were dangerous. They didn't work. They didn't prevent COVID. They didn't spread the, uh, prevent the spread of COVID. On top of that, he talks about Fauci's past conduct um, in the world of vaccines. Uh, the, the AIDS vaccine was another, another just 100% debacle that fell at the feet of Fauci. It was the fault of Fauci. So RFK is really good about the vaccines. Conservatives who want to vote for Trump, one issue they are just waiting for Trump to come forward and be more forthcoming about has to do with the vaccines. They're waiting for Trump to say, you know, actually the vaccines are a little more alarming than, um, you know, you know, than just uh, not, they're just not only not effective, they're actually alarming. We rush them and they're waiting to hear more of that come out of President Trump. I think he's probably contemplating that. But RFK is at least putting that on the table. I do not believe in unity tickets, like put a Republican and a Democrat together in general, because I think if you run as a Republican, you actually should stand for the for the platform, the principles and policies of the Republican Party. And the Democrat Party is flat out Marxist. And so sincere Republicans should not think of trying to find unity with someone who supports the Democrat platform because they're, they're night and day. It's, it's like putting together someone who believes in abolition and someone who advocates slavery. They, they just can't go together in normal circumstances. I will say at this time, the crying need in 2024, beside reclaiming the identity of America, celebrating it, reasserting it, demanding it be respected, demanding it be reinstated, the other stellar, huge, overwhelmingly important issue in the 2024 elections is cleaning house in Washington, D.C., is coming to grips with the fact that the reason people, among the main reasons they're worried about losing America, the reason they're worried about losing America is because so much of the power in Washington resides in unaccountable bureaucrats who are not only not listening to the administration and not listening to the people, they're on autopilot doing the anti-American leftist agenda in Washington as we speak. That is what they are doing. And they're running through. So I, this, this is true of on, on issues of, on, on is, uh, of, let me just start with this. There are so many issues where the American people are waiting to hear from the government and they want to hear truth. There's a clamoring for truth. There's a recognition, our government functioning, supposed to be we the sovereign elected them. So we have elected officials, a small little group comparatively, the Senate, the House, and the presidency. And then we have this massive, massive bureaucracy in Washington that, focus, that just rolls along on autopilot, ignores the American people, lies to the American people, as do most politicians in Washington, lies about the state of affairs, lies about what's been uncovered. These things are true of COVID, about election fraud, about China and Ukraine and Hunter Biden and his laptop and the corruption of the Department of Justice. People are clamoring for reliable information. And this is why you should listen to my show, but it's also why there's such a problem in Washington because people rightfully don't trust the, bureauc the bureaucracies and they have become corrupted to their core. When Trump ran, he talked about the swamp. I mean, when he ran back in 2016, 
2015 and 16, he talked about the swamp, he, and which was a uniparty swamp. It's not such clear lines, Republican and Democrat, but a uniparty swamp that had united around the ideas. They like being in power. They intend to stay in power. They're going to make laws and policies that enable them not just to stay in power, but enable them to control everything, completely ignoring the demands of and the needs of and the wishes of the people who put them in power. So we have people in Washington ignoring the public. This is what among the main reasons Trump won back in 2016, restoring power to the people, to borrow the leftist phrase, restoring power to the people, to listen to the people, to make government work for the people, not for the uniparty cabal in Washington. And so you have agencies who literally, when we ha even though we had a beautiful founding and a founding of America and great ideas, you've had agencies that have functioned for now decades, completely ignoring the concept of America, the promise of America, rolling along, doing what they want to do, which is the anti-American leftist agenda. And that, that they did that the whole time that Trump was president, when the people re-elected or they elected Trump in 2016 and said, yeah, we want this guy. We want trade policies that benefit the American people. We want capitalism and not socialism and Marxism and communism. We want secure borders. We want a strong military. We want all the things that make America strong. So Trump gets elected and this deep state cabal of agencies continue to ignore the people. There is a need for not just a relieving the command of a few high level people, you know, just the cabinet officials or top tier officials in some agencies. There's a need to clean out the uh, agencies in Washington and, and, and by clean out, I mean dismantling them letting everybody go, starting over, get, a, get one or two good people you know you can trust to head these agencies and slowly after interviews and, and background checks, hiring people, some rehires, hopefully most new hires in almost all the agencies in Washington, all this corrupted by these generations of just bureaucratic encrusted power that feeds on itself, that convinces itself it knows better than Congress and the Senate and the President and the people. It just rolls along and does the thing they want to do. This is true of the Department of Justice and the FBI must be completely dismantled and cleaned out, along with the IRS, along with the CDC. And, and in fact, I'm going to do CDC, NIH, and FDA, the three agencies together that relate to healthcare policy, Center for Disease Control, National Institute of Health, and the Food and Drug Administration. All of them have been shown during this COVID, grotesquely mismanaged response to COVID, all of them have shown themselves to be more committed to the you know, Pfizer and Johnson Johnson, the entire biopharmaceutical cabal that has managed to engage in what they call regulatory capture. These agencies are supposed to control the biopharmaceutical companies. Where we are now is the biopharmaceutical companies control the agencies, regulatory capture. The agencies do what the biopharmaceuticals say. No one's looking out for the American people. No one spoke up to point out how dangerous the vaccines for COVID were. No one pointed out, even after, even after numbers are flowing into VAERS, to the reporting agency in Washington saying, hey, we're having a lot of problem with this COVID vaccine, you know, premature death, heart problems, uh, you know, formerly healthy, healthy people either dying or having severe life altering disabilities as a result, as a result of these vaccines. Not one of those agencies stepped up and said, hey, wait, wait, what's going on here? 
They push the vaccines, they push the lies, they ignore the data, and they continue to do that to this day, pretty much. Continue to do it to this day, only because you have tenacious people uh, like Dr. Naomi Wolf, uh, like RFK, many others, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, many doctors pointing out these vaccines are dangerous and disastrous. Are these agencies even beginning to talk about what they should be doing. Other agencies must be totally undone. The Department of Defense, when you have top leaders in the Department of Defense who actually walk out with a straight face and talk about the number one problem in America today is white supremacy. And we are just so, we are, that is the number one danger to America, white supremacy or some other foolish concoction farce cooked up by the anti-American left, and yet you have the highest levels of Washington, D.C. military ruining our military, driving sane people out of the military by demanding vaccines that are going to potentially and likely harm or kill them, and driving out people who are patriotic America lovers, keeping in place people who want to sit around and contemplate the meaning of he, she, and transgender ideology in the military. This needs to be, a, this is not just two or three people. This is a massive cleanup of the Department of Defense. Same with EPA, filled to the brim with people who think their job is to make sure the American people are driven back to the Stone Age. They keep fighting the non-existent emergency of climate change. And because of the non-existent emergency of climate change, they think they have the right and they are attempting to exert the right at every step along the way to take away your property rights, your right to own a car, to live where you want, your right to control your own property, your right to have a pond on your own property. The EPA has gone completely out of control fed by all the climate alarmism in this country, and they are responsive to no one. Even the policies they put together, and even when they put out you know, requests for, hey, we have a new rule here, we're gonna take away everything from everybody, uh, you know, 30 days to comment, and they just, they move forward, they do it anyway. EPA, another one's gotta go. Department of Education continuing to push the transgender lie that somehow is not really, it's gonna be a great thing if we force high school girls on girls swim teams to let boys, anatomical boys, no matter what they call themselves, anatomical boys with in genitalia intact, shower in their showers, use their locker rooms, change in front of them. And this is the Department of Education, another agency, probably not needed at all, probably not at all. But if it is needed for some some means, which some function, which Congress can define, they mostly don't even need to be there. Same with the Department of Energy, policy, 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 basically trying to say, let's drive America back to the Stone Age. Let's drive America back to where we don't cultivate our own fossil fuels, so we don't have sufficient gasoline for cars, and we continue to rely on the unsustainable, perpetually, permanently, incurably unsustainable, uh, you know, natural energy sources of wind and solar. If these, I mean, we have let leftist lies, leftist lunacy build up and build up and build up in Washington to the point that we are just, we are being played for fools over and over and over and over. Now, back to Trump and RFK. It is, I am not advocating for a Trump RFK ticket. I, I can think of several people I'd love to have Trump have as, as a uh, running mate. But I will say RFK is at least willing to tell the truth about the vaccines, which is huge. He's also willing to blame the CIA for the murder of his uncle, our president, John F. Kennedy, uh, which is, was 
pretty enormous of him to say, which is also coming up this year, the 60th anniversary, I'm just gonna, I hope I'm doing the math right in my head, 60th anniversary, I believe, coming up this fall um, of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, RFK is going to say the CIA did this. Now, I don't know that the CIA did it, but I do know the cover story uh, has kind of flown out of p- people's minds because they don't really believe it. So I will say the thought of the idea of Trump having a really out of left field running mate not somebody like establishment smarm uh, Mike Pence. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, whoever you support is fine with me, but I really don't think Trump needs Pence to be his vice president. I think he needs a really out of the box, strong person. RFK probably wouldn't go for it. Trump probably wouldn't go for it, but there are some advantages to putting a ticket together to say, we're real, we're willing to challenge this massive, massive, encrusted, barnacled, uh, and, and deeply corrupt and deeply anti-American, deeply leftist, entire bureaucratic state in Washington, D.C., that would be a beautiful thing. It is, in tying to my theme on July 4th for today, it would be a great, great thing to see that these agencies would get reinfused with the idea of America's founding, the spirit of the founding, the promise of individual freedom, the extremely important promise of limited government, and following the Constitution's prescription, 10th Amendment, newly renewed in our recognition and honoring of it, and just a massive limitation on the power in Washington. That would be a very, very, very helpful thing. I'd love to see that happen. Um, before I get to my next thing on election corruption, I want to tell you, bring a, uh, tell you something about as, as upcoming. So here we are. Um, here we are on a Wednesday show and uh, on June 28th. And I want to tell our listeners that I have done this show um, since I started doing this studio at Real News PR. And you know, I always forget to do a shout out to them. This is a great place to do a show if you're in North Texas. Real News PR or Real News Communication Network, a stellar place, professional people working here, really responsive, really smart, uh, really uh, knowledgeable experience. It's a great place to do a show. And so I've been doing this show here since January 2019. Prior to that, I did the show on Salem Radio, but I've been here uh, since 2014. But in any case, I've been doing this show four days a week since January 2019. So um, I, right now, why I'm doing this little lead up to tell you that uh, for the next two months, July and August, I'm going to cut back to two days a week, Tuesday and Thursday. We'll still have shows Tuesday and Thursday, and they'll still be. Uh, you'll, I mean, we'll have great Thursday interviews. The unique people we get. Uh, you'll you'll just you'll continue to hear stellar stellar uh, interviews on Thursdays. I want to tell you two reasons I'm doing that. Uh, one is that um, I we are doing some traveling this summer. When I can, we come back from this trip coming up, I will tell you more about it. Uh, it's really historic and patriotic, and you will love hearing about it. But, and then anyway, I'll be doing the shows remotely in August because we're going to be out of Texas, but I will be doing the shows remotely in August. So just this summer, July and August, two days a week, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and, but, and part of the reason I want to do that is um, I, want to, I want to do a little bit of travel, but I want to write more. You know, I love writing. I do my weekly newsletter. If you subscribe, you know, I do a weekly column. The newsletter links to the shows. I do a weekly column. And the column is, it's my style. I write one long, substantive, serious column. I'm going to say a giant thank you to each of you. Many of you people write 
you know, send emails back, you respond and just say, wow, great column. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate your writing that. I don't always have time to respond to each of you, but I write in substance and seriousness. It's never, you know, uh, as I always joke, I never talk about fashion or football or sports. I talk about saving America. It's my entire mission is to save America, to protect America's unique, extraordinary greatness. But I want to write more. And I really run out of time. I do a lot of public speaking also. So between uh, the show preparation, which I always take very seriously, I, I never come in and think through, hey, what do I want to talk about today? You know, I've done a lot of thinking. I've read a bunch of stuff online. I'm really ready. Limbaugh used to have my stack of stuff. I, I'm really ready. And so the Tuesday, Thursday thing will allow some more writing in my schedule. I want to enjoy that for a while uh, this summer, July, and August, more writing. I also want to do some shorter videos. You know, I can do little videos that just kind of I used to do three points in three minutes you know just kind of a quick reaction to things again we're going to try a little bit of play in the schedule so Tuesday Thursday in July and August um, but I'm not really going anywhere just want to make sure you know that and um, and I love if you don't subscribe to our newsletter please do you can go to our website americacanwetalk.org and how to support our show at americacanwetalk.org is hit subscribe it's a free once a week newsletter also at that place at our website americacanwetalk.org you can make a donation online literally i've never been paid for doing this show since uh this uh summer of 2014. that's a true story summer of 2014. i i do it out of love of america i'm blessed with the opportunity to give it i think my background as a lawyer as a serious thinker as you know i i loved i love american history i read a great deal of it um, and studied uh, american uh, politics in college i mean and I, I just care passionately about america so i i bring my strengths to it and my because i've done a lot of public speaking and as a lawyer kind of learned to do oral arguments um you know i i, I bring that strength of this show and i feel, i feel blessed with the opportunity to do it um, so that, that's really why i do this show so at the website you can sign for the newsletter you can make a donation to this show you can become a member we have a membership uh, across the home page at americacanwetalk.org uh, it has members drop down hit join there you go rock and roll um, and you can uh, become a member you'll get a discount on our upcoming summit we're having our fourth annual women for freedom summit coming up november 17th and 18th and we have some great speakers you're going to really want to be here i'm just telling you you're going to want to be here right in dallas very centrally located love to have you last couple of years this is our fourth one last couple of years we've had people from around the country it's a very national summit uh, and, and you'll love coming so hope that you will um, i can already tell you that i'm going to miss out on the final topic um, that i was going to do today but i do want to talk to you about um oh, oh wait, wait wait one more thing about covid and why i think Trump has a good opportunity to begin speaking up about COVID more and to say, you know, more about it. There was, I know this has been uh, suspected and talked about and alluded to, but there was a great interview given uh, to a, um, okay, this is reported in Jerusalem Post, and it was given to a, a woman from China. Okay, she's a, a human rights activist and author, Jennifer Zhang. She was born in China. Her last name is Z-E-N-G Zhang, uh, born in China. She's a human rights activist, and she interviewed an actual engineer who worked at the Wuhan virus. Wuhan, yeah, worked at the Wuhan uh, lab. And he was a, uh, you know, he was uh, a scientist at the Wuhan lab. And short story, I link to this on our website. I urge you to read it. Short story, he says, we were told to create a virus that was dangerous and lethal. 
The virus, COVID, did not come from bats, and it was not an escaped by mistake, oopsie kind of thing. They, he's saying we were told to do this. And, and why, I, I, I mean, I, I, if you're listening to this show and you listen often, you're probably thinking, well, who doesn't know that? Well, yes, a lot of people um, do know that. But a lot of people don't know that. A lot don't. If you don't really, if you're not determined and, and, and just, you know, into the idea of, of fighting for and learning more about America, you may not know that's true. You may not actually realize um, what the, um, you know, how deeply the, the uh, we were lied to, the entire world was lied to by China, by our own government, by Dr. Fauci. Um, and, and, you know, I, I still will say, I think uh, Donald Trump most certainly intended to do the best thing he could do to protect the American people. He was given a lot of information that caused him to believe we were gonna have otherwise massive uh, deaths and, and danger. And so he tried to protect the American people. Uh, and he had he was supposed to listen to Fauci. That's his alleged expert. You know, he's no expert. He, he's not, Fauci was not a doctor who treated patients in whatever it is, 35 years. You know, he just was a lab guy who very, 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 very immersed in the Wuhan lab and the gain of function stuff. Um, and so, it, you know, I don't know whether Donald Trump could could begin to adjust his message to some degree on COVID and say, look, I got, you know, I got told by Fauci this was the way. I was trying to save American lives. The more we learn, you know, he, I think he needs to move in that direction because I think that some people who want to support him would like to have a stronger message out of the Trump team about the impact um, and the, the actual lack of um, uh, the, the danger of the vaccine, you know, lack of efficacy. Uh, the vaccines don't prevent you from getting COVID. They don't prevent you from spreading COVID. They don't prevent you from dying from COVID. They don't do anything except endanger your health. And that's really would be a great thing if you were willing to talk about that. Okay, one last quick thing. And I will tell you again, I want to urge you because we're getting near our, our ending time here. Uh, I can see, but I really want to urge you to think about the importance um, on July 4th, this year, 2023, of, of inspiring yourself to read what was it that the founders wrote? Why did they write the way they did? What did they write in the declaration? Because they didn't just say, hey, we're sick of high taxes. We don't like taxes. It wasn't just you know, the Stamp Act or one little action by King George. It was the premise that individuals have the right to live in freedom based on their readings, as I say, of the ancient philosophers of the Bible. These people were deep, these founders of America, deep, deep, deep thinkers, committed and dedicated to making a country that was going to survive the concept, not only survive itself, but be a model for the world. And the founders recognized how easily, how um, almost inevitably, the efforts of those who want to control other people, the efforts of those who, do want, who want to take away the freedom of the individual, efforts of those who want to be tyrants, they yearn to be tyrants, they, they the founders, tried to build everything they could into the creation of the government to prevent, um, prevent tyranny rising in America today, rising in America, but that's what I want to get to why I think we should, as Americans, really insist on a massive renewal of the spirit of the Declaration, a massive renewal of the spirit of America, targeting this 250th anniversary of the founding of America coming up in 2026. We need that time not just to say, okay, we're all going to wave our flags and go to you know, a barbecue and eat corn on the cob and hamburgers and watermelon, whatever it is. That, that's not July 4th. It's a fun thing to do. It's not July 4th. 
July 4th is about remembering what America is all about. And we have, I think the founders actually, were they to see what America is like today, they would not actually be that surprised because they were students of history. They did understand the way people in history have throughout all of history, always and forever intended, always intended, people throughout history intend to take power away from others. You have invading armies taking over other armies. You have new countries formed with the rulers imposing their will on the people. These founders knew history. They knew that is the common course in, in human experience. This is why they were trying to go out of their way to, to state the uniqueness of what they had the universal truth they had embraced, the idea that man has rights from God because you were born, and tried to create a country to protect that. But they wouldn't be that surprised because we have it to see where we are today. Because all we're really seeing in Washington, I mean, you can talk about the ideologies of communism and Marxism, and they're all there. They live on the anti-American left. That's where the left is today. But the slow eating away at your freedom, the slow corruption of the idea of America, the slow corruption of the promises in our founding, the promises in the First Amendment of the freedom of religion and speech and assembly. These were the things the founders could figure out early on. Someone in, American, in the future of America will try to take these away. Someone will try to limit them. The Government Disinformation Board is a good example coming out of the Department of Homeland Security. This is a flat out, you know, aim a gun at your head level message from the government. You can't say things we don't like. You can't say things about the election being stolen, even though everyone knows it was stolen. You can't say things about the COVID vaccines being dangerous, although everyone paying attention knows that they're dangerous. When the government in America even thought it was okay to say the words out loud, we're gonna have a government disinformation board, they're telling you we have no respect for the founding ideas of America, no respect for you, the people, and your right to live in freedom. That's what they're telling you. So we need a renewal of that on this July 4th and all July 4th henceforth. Okay, one last quick topic. I'm almost out of time, but I want to quickly um, tell you this. The really, really interesting thing, you talk, I said it earlier about how the people are frustrated because they can't get the government to listen to them. I mean, you'll have, you know, and this is just on election fraud, but just as an example of what I mean, I said election corruption. We have, in this, on this show, many other people's shows, you know, programs around the country, they put on, people put on conferences and seminars and summits, and they lay out for, uh, they, they lay out for, um, you know, the people in, in attendance there, uh, the idea that, um, you know, we had stolen elections in this country, and we, we are facing now in this country, I'm trying to find something I'll tell you about in a minute. Anyway, um, we have stolen elections, and you can't get one official, one actual elected official in this country to actually fix the problem. I'm going to focus on Georgia briefly. Georgia, the state thereof, has a contract with Dominion. And they, the contract says uniquely with Dominion voting machines. And so they have this contract, but then they had a, um, a study done, uh, the Halderman Report. The Halderman Report, the state of Georgia looks into it and says, you know, well, what's the story? We keep hearing all these complaints. And so you had um, the Halderman Report uncovered nine critical vulnerabilities in the Dominion voting system machines and found their quote, that a dishonest election worker with just brief access to the scanner's memory card could violate ballot secrecy and determine how individual members, uh, voters voted. And it also talks about, I mean, the point is, 
Georgia hired some company to look into, you know, or, or should we be relying on the Dominion voting machines? The company reports back, um, cybersecurity experts warn the, the, uh, the state of Georgia, they're not, you shouldn't be using this, uh, that showed the Dominion voting machines had significant vulnerabilities and uh, and including you likely recognize that Homeland Security's uh, CISA, we talked about them yesterday, um, the um, Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency had to issue a public advisory last year based on the findings. And Georgia's answer, we're going to use them anyway. In fact, the answer of Georgia was, we don't have time to make a new plan here. We're here in, I don't know, June, even if you call it July at this point, 2023, and we can't make a change before the elections of next year. Even though what they were told, and even though you have Mesa County report number three screaming out there, anyone who wants to read it from Colorado, Mesa County report number three, pointing out the vulnerabilities of Dominion, and you can't get Georgia, Republican run allegedly, to budge, to budge. So you wanna know why people are frustrated, why there's a lot of just among patriots, there's passionate and deep concern about America. This is a good example. Okay, in just a second, I'm gonna to go to why it matters to you. But I wanna tell you about something kind of um, tying into the spirit of America and what people are, are trying to do different things. So a friend of mine got involved in a project called, or the, the um, acronym or the name of it is T-A-B-T-G, Take America Back to God. And so this friend of mine is totally politically active, you know, really, really smart, really uh, dedicated, um, and she gets involved in all sorts of, I mean, she just knocked herself out to do great things for our, for the state of Texas. And she's gotten involved uh, in this group called Take America Back to God, T-A-B-T-G. Org. And they're trying to do over the next months between now and the next election and beyond to try to tie the identity of America, the, the meaning of America um, to God, to try to say there's more to America than just a list of policies you do or don't like, uh, that there's a need to remind Americans of, and I'll go back to my point in the beginning and why I urge you to really celebrate July 4th this year by reading the declaration and recognizing how much importance the founders placed on the idea that America is unique because we have the concept embedded in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that we're a country based on the promise that each of us has God-given identity, equality, and simple rights from God as much of a law and an infinite eternal truth as is gravity. It is a law, it's a truth of the universe, and this idea of getting America back to God is this idea to recognize that's where our freedom and the blessings of our country have come from, because we understood that. Okay, um, you know what, Mr. Emilio, we're not going to do the final, um, yes, okay, so we're going to go, why it matters to you. Um, I missed my, I didn't get my final topic, but that often happens, um, so I'm, we'll start with July 4th. So July 4th, 2026 is 250 years of America. Trump is right to call for a huge celebration of 250th anniversary of July 4th in 2026, an aspirational goal of American renewal needed by all Americans. But make no mistake, whether there'll be anything left of America worth celebrating is an open question. Between now and then, America must accomplish a massive and unprecedented cleansing and purging of anti-American elements in every part of the federal government. The cleansing and purging must be thorough, uncompromising, and ruthless, akin to the decisive act of winning a war.
The war is not R versus D, Republican versus Democrat. It's America versus not America. Trump, the war must be won. And on Trump RFK ticket, question mark, um, anyone claiming affinity with today's Democrats may be dangerously out of step with the times. Today's Democrats are Marxist, communist, anti-American socialists. So the idea of a Trump RFK unity ticket is dubious, far-fetched. However, RFK Jr. deserves credit for outspoken courage, denouncing the COVID vaccines as unsafe and, and ineffective, calling out the nefarious actions of the CIA, proclaiming and facing threat of assassination. Oh, I didn't tell you this. That someone said to him, they might actually want to assassinate you for what you're exposing about uh, the vaccines, to which he answered, some things are worse than dying. Very brave statement. RFK Jr.'s past positions, especially on climate change, are too left-leaning to be electable. A Trump RFK ticket seems unlikely, but lots of time for changes in circumstances. And uh, on election corruption, uh, I just covered Georgia, but Georgia received extensive written report confirming vulnerability of voting machines, but went ahead with authorizing their use in 2024. Working class Americans are witnessing real-time exposure of inexcusably weak politicians. There's public distrust of electronic of election machinery. There are demonstrated reasons, reports justifying public distrust. Everyone knows this, including politicians, but politicians won't do anything about it. Are they benefiting from the rigging? Are they being blackmailed? Are their donors controlling their decisions? Probably yes to one or more, if not all three. Election corruption can only be fixed by the American people. There must be extraordinary grassroots political pressure. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Tune in tomorrow with Victor Avila. You will love this guy. I love the show tomorrow. And tune in every, and now I'm going to change what I'm saying. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday in July and August at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Talk truth about America. Can you hear?